0: And it's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic, Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of the shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What well, they say makes sense. So, ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week the magic
1: mike show you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racing dudes.com what's up everybody i'm magic and i'm mike and this is the magic mike show episode 401 mr samich travers week huzzah now well, happy travers week to you as well my friend it's an exciting time over racing dudes.com if you didn't know or on our youtube channel Uh, Oh, boy. We got previews of all eight contenders as they're looking right now. Eight contenders uh, heading to the gate for the Travers, And uh, we're very excited about it, if you couldn't tell.
0: It's going to be a fun race, man. We get to see the epicenter run again, which is great. I'm looking forward to see our tourists take that step forward. I'm really interested to see what Aaron and Jared are both going to be at the Travers. Really interested to see what they think of early voting in the paddock. Because in the Jim Dandy, early voting looked awful in the paddock. In the Preakness, he looked wonderful. He obviously wins the Preakness, gets dusted in the Jim Dandy. It's going to be interesting yep. to see which one shows up on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and it was great. It was in part of your preview, which you can catch over there. It was really great. Uh, yeah, it's, go check those out when you get a chance. Like Nick says, really bummed that Charge is going to miss it from a from an epicenter stand boy fan perspe- fanboy perspective. Uh, I love I love the fact that Charge is not going to be there because that was to me it was that was the biggest threat right there. Was Charge it? So um, that's good. Uh, it's going to make even lower odds for epicenter there um yeah really i think uh, we'll talk about the Travis a little bit later but it, it's lining up like a good it's lining up like a great card too because we've got five grade ones they moved the baller into this sunday but uh the personal and even though it's not a british cup winning you're in for the distaff anymore you know that's still going to be a great race the Truska's is supposed to come back you got jackie's warrior in the forego you've got uh the jerk has got jack christopher versus accretive. like it's going to be a great great day of racing
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, that Jack Christopher creative matchup is one that I, I cannot wait for. You've always got the Glens Falls, which is an absolute train wreck on the turf. Right before the Travers, oh. they go three turns. It's very, very difficult. The handicap, excited to have that one, because that's probably where you're going to get your price in the sequence. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Last two Travers days, we absolutely chalked out in the stakes. Um, that was kind of one of those themes. But you had a like superstar running at every single level. You've got a similar situation here coming up on Saturday, but at least we have horses who I think are – have the ability to be superstars that are going to face them in some of those races.
1: Uh, We've got a big, uh, speaking of big stars, we got a big day, a big show to talk about the big stars from this weekend. So uh, yeah, as Nick says, how good is Jerkin's going to be? Uh, Yeah. The lots of Conagher going in there. I forgot. Goodnight's going to be going there. Yeah. It's going to be great. So uh, Mike, we got a lot. (laughs) He does. Let's get right into it. We've got Saratoga, Delmar, Woodbine, And some beers, cup, and we're gonna talk about the Travers as well. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Mike, on Saturday, this past Saturday, August 20th, uh, you and I previewed the late pick five and I came very close to cashing. I'm not happy uh, about that and not not connecting here, but it started off with a bang. We made a lot of predictions and one that I was very confident, probably the biggest confidence I had was that Echo again could be a future grade one winner. And, you know, after this debut, Mike, as we've watched the replay here, might not be far off on that, but this might be, you know, your hopeful, if not favorite, a very logical contender for that race.
0: Yeah, this is the best two-year-old we've seen on the East Coast so far. I'm really comfortable in saying that much, at least. Uh, This was a a dominant performance. And this is one of those horses where the word was out. You mentioned it that on the Thursday show, this might be a monster. By Saturday, I had heard this was a monster. The workout reports backed it up, which came out on Saturday as well. Um, And then you looked at what was in this race, and there really wasn't anyone that was world beaters like the seven and the eight they both want two turns so they're both going to get better yeah. with longer the, i'm sorry the six and the seven for Shug both want two turns the two and the eight are both mott horses that weren't working very well in the morning when the word came out so uh, this is a spot where echo again at three to five was probably a little bit of a value uh tried to play it the dudes who bet sport or dudes who bet daily as a da- daily double and with the moonlight snapped me off in the second half of it but this performance was scintillating. And, and right here, when you get to the top of the lane, 22-1, and 44-3 is fast for six and a half furlongs, especially on debut. Right here, when Echo get, gets to the top of the lane, you can just see the talent just oozing out of this one. And this is, uh, this is one with Rosario. If he wasn't sick, he was just a don't fall off ride. And so Santana hopped the board and just didn't fall off. And that's all it took. Never got hit. Just kind of, you know, encouraged a few times. But really, the closest thing to this was the birds that were flying by it. No one even came close to beating him. <laughs> So uh, one of the things
1: that really impressed me the most off of this uh, effort, um, the damn teardrop, Aaron knows this horse very well, and he's told a great story about it before. Uh, when we're looking at pneumatic, if you remember the horse, he's uh, he retired uh, at the end of last year, but had won the Pegasus stakes, and in that weird COVID year was you know in the Belmont and the Preakness. Um, it, it, you know, As a half-brother to, to pneumatic, teardrop was a nutcase of a horse. She's by Tappet and had that classic Tappet headcase-ness, this horse looks like a tappet in color only. This was an extremely professional debut. There was no greenness, no tappetness. Uh Yeah, this is one of those horses that you can feel very good about moving forward versus, say, when we had Witwin, it was like, well, he was pretty green, but he did it. So you don't have that kind of question mark lingering.
0: No, I mean, 115, wait, basically 115-4, uh, this is racehorse time for six and a half furlongs. and as nick mentioned this horse wants every bit of two turns i mean that's the yep. thing this is gunrunner out of tappet as they get longer as this horse gets older he should mature he should get stronger i mean gunrunner like really four and five years old was when gunrunner really came into his own um tappets generally get a lot better from two to three you see those the, that surge forward so this is a horse that has unlimited potential coming out of saratoga and I, I said i mentioned this uh, on dudes who bet daily on sunday This is probably your second choice in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, right? I mean, the uh, Cave Rock obviously debuted for Bob Baffert. looked like an absolute monster. Got a 101 buyer, I think it was. I believe this earned a 93 buyer coming back for Echo again. Uh, These are the two horses, one on the east, one on the west, that are going to face off at Keeneland and going to be your top two betting choices most likely. One
1: thing that caught my attention is that even though he went uh, 24 seconds basically from the half to the three-quarter, that final half furlong uh, with this distance here, is and 6-1 was still very strong there in hand, um, finishing strong. Like you said, looks like a horse with two turns. I love that we debuted at six and a half furlongs. Like to me, that's the, you know, they were almost trying to get to seven, couldn't get there. But when you see that, that's why I showed you had two horses in here that very clearly are going to be, like you said, two turn horses. Um, so uh, really awesome. Let's see what that buyer was. Uh, 94, yeah. Then, I think that's what you said. So a 94 buyer for Echo again, winning in hand. Now the big question, uh, <laughs> when Rosario recovers from food poisoning, Santana's off again, right? This is just kind of a nice little, like, hey, we'll throw you a bone.
0: I mean, are we sure it's food poisoning? And, yeah, Santana's off as soon as as Rosario's back on these top horses. But are we sure it's food poisoning? Because, like, Jose Gomez has COVID. And they're, like, being really shady about what's going on with Rosario. And food poisoning doesn't usually last, like, four days. We'll see what uh, what the actual verdict is here. But from a racing perspective, yeah, there is no chance that, that Rosario doesn't pick back up these mounts once he's back.
1: Uh, Nick asked if we think Breeders' Futurity is next. That's a ways down the line. You've, well, no, the Futurity, not the future. What is the? I, I get the stakes all mixed, mixed up. Champagne is that the one? Champagne
0: or is the hopeful. Is, the hopeful is for two-year-olds uh, at the end these. of the meet. The hopeful is only in two weeks. Yeah, um, that's not happening. So that's a little bit quick. The champagnes at Aqueduct this year, I believe, going two turns. Yeah, 15th, is that right? No, that would, um, no. It's still a one-turn race yeah if you want if you want
1: two turns you have to go to keeneland or to san anita
0: well that was at belmont belmont they... and
1: the aqueducts both have one turn mile setups
0: oh, i thought it was the sixteenth. okay so yeah so, i mean we'll be going one turn then next time in champagne is my guess and then we'll head to the breeder's cup and then after that go try and get some some points at churchill um but yeah, I mean this is this is again unlimited potential from this horse. We we don't know. Ironically, that was a big time debut for three year old named Unlimited Potential last weekend. Uh we don't know <laughs> what is going to happen here with Echo again, but you know this is going to be one of those horses that's going to be an absolute threat. And it's interesting, the Echo moniker kind of even tipped the hat before this horse ever even had a workout. Now that we've had Echo Zulu and Echo again.
1: Yeah, not related to uh to Echo Zulu Echo Town, but they you're right. That name in there, you just go, all right. There's there's some sort of the, the, yeah. group. On the, ironically there's some sort of a repeat happening here with these uh these horses all right here's the race race eight Mike. this is the one that pissed me off because not only did this be the only race that knocks me out of pick five i played a pressed single 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 all uh because i was very just i had no idea what the hell to do in that last race um with the moonlight was my single here i would have had a, a pressed all the way through uh with four singles didn't connect on that. Haudi ends up stealing at Gate to Wire because, of course, she did with Jose Ortiz hopping aboard. This was a very odd race. I'm going to pull up the replay, and you can kind of walk us and the fans through, and especially the podcast listeners. What happened in this race, Mike?
0: Well, this was interesting for two reasons. First off, again, we, we talked about this race on Dudes Who Bet Daily, and we we projected that Howdy was the one, that the brown, that would go, that this is the horse right. that would push. The two missing the break completely changed this race. And that, that like, sail by was supposed to be the leader, right? And, and just... Yeah. Didn't break it all, and, and once that happened, and you see the two horses going to kind of rush up here outside three wide, <laughs> but not actually rush up. Like this is what I don't understand. Why aren't you just going for the lead here if you're the two? Why are you? Stopping- if you're going to do that
1: much, just go a little bit further.
0: Yeah, you're you're hanging out three wide here, and now you're gonna be like, oh, don't worry, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna sit in second after breaking poorly and outrun four Chad Browns and with the moonlight, this is going to go great. Okay, yeah, sure, buddy, go by, well, and so we're gonna by. let.
1: We're gonna let a Chad Brown horse go gate to wire uh, up here. Like we're not gonna even try to challenge. Like there's and, no no chance.
0: And this right here is where the, the race was changed, right? Because if sail by breaks and howdy and sail by both go, let's say 23 and 4 instead of uh 24 and 2, the brace is completely different, right? And and with the moonlight, I still thought was going to get by when they turned for home. About the eighth pole, it looked like she had all the momentum. And howdy kind of rebroke and was able to kind of extend out that length lead or get that length lead back. Uh but this was just a really odd race because of how it broke. It was frustrating from a betters' perspective because of the four Browns trying to handicap which one was going to go to the lead. And then just the trip here with the Moonlight didn't get the best trip. You saw that, that the three horse kind of came over at the start, put with the Moonlight into the rail, forced that horse back to fifth. And now she starts to spin wide here and just, again, she looks like she's going to motor by. And then the six just kind of gets another gear uh, right about here when it looks like it's just going to be the one and the six just doesn't give it up.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's there's you see this race a million times and it drives you crazy. Is it better when it plays out this way when you can't figure out the pace scenario where it's the New York loan speed and off the turn? You've got the better horse with the moonlight who's chasing down the horse with the better trip and the better triple, especially on turf, almost always wins. So uh, it, it's tough. It's really tough,
0: especially on that Saratoga inner turf course right now. If you are not, if you go three wide on that final turn, it is hard to make that ground up. You need to be saving every inch of ground, and, and obviously, if you're on your lead, you can do that. Um, when you're sitting behind a wall of three horses, it makes it much more difficult to pull that off.
1: I love the editorializing of the uh, trip notes. Haughty strolled to front.
0: <laughs> it's true. I mean, is the thing is like the two that awkward break by sail by completely changed the outcome of this race, and that's just it's just frustrating as a better when you you realize ah. Oh, uh, shit, I'm just screwed here. Like, it's like this is not how we drew, drew this up on paper. And now you're, you're playing in a completely different ball game.
1: We're going to put a pin in Saratoga real quick because we need to go to Del Mar. Similarly, race eight at Del Mar for three-year-old fillies on the turf. We had the grade one Del Mar Oaks. And I want to bring this up because the next conversation is going to be about who's the best three-year-old turf filly. Uh, in, racing in America, I guess we should leave it at that. Spenderella, I mean, it was so impressive watching this live. Um, just watching her every step and watching Bella Bell track her every step. And then just, and, and you'll see in the far turn here, especially if you didn't see it uh, live, it, it was over. It was over just in the blink of an eye.
0: And she didn't get everything her own way. She didn't make the lead. No. And, and she kind of is nope. forced three wide here into this first half turn, right? So the, the shoot at Del Mar is that first eighth of a the mile. They come out of it here. And you can see she's sitting in that, that three path there in that second group. Not a wonderful spot for her, um, and she's mm-hmm. able to tuck in here and save a little bit of ground on the second turn, but they went pretty quick here. Like I, when, I, when the fractions came up and Aaron and I were watching this live, we are like, is that right? Like that's, that's fast for this level, and they, they do go sub-24, sub-48, um, and the, the top horses kind of kept on with it pretty well here, but once she gets loose, man, I mean, this move on the turn was, was absolutely devastating. She looks phenomenal, especially showing a new gear and being able to, to stalk from off the pace.
1: Yeah, she, and a big reason I was taking a shot against her here is multiple reasons. You know, she was coming back from Royal Ascot, always a big question. And not only that, she didn't go from Ascot and just stay on the East Coast and stay at Saratoga for the Lake Placid. Graham Motion said, we're going to keep going another country away. Uh, we're going to go to Del Mar. We're going to go to a grade one race. You're going to go a distance that you've never tried before uh, at a track you've never been to off of a, you know, you've never tried coming back from England before. So many things were up against her, and then she gets that wide draw, like you said. And you see her advancing. And Bella Bell, the two, has got her in her sights. And right here, I knew at the at the five sixteenths, I was like, "This race is over."
0: Okay. You mentioned Bella Bell ends up running second here. Cairo Memories runs third. Cairo Memories came. All out of from
1: Cairo Memories, yeah. Came
0: out of the Belmont Derby. The best, the second best, and third best horses in this race ran their race and got dusted. That to me is what's also yep. very, very impressive. Bella Bell got a good trip ran very well, and got smoked by Spenderella. And she was 7-2 to second choice in this race, it never looked like a winner because of how good Spenderella looked. And she beat the rest of this field by two, three lengths, which is impressive in and of itself. So got like it. the fact that, that you have everyone run well and you still dust them is even more impressive <clears> considering <throat> all of those aspects that you mentioned that she was trying to do for the first time. Uh, a couple of horses to mention here, Spendrel obviously
1: impressive, Extremely I actually, I ran into Tyler Gaffleone after the, uh, final race at Del Mar. I'm just joking. I was like, was it worth coming all the way out to California for just two races or three races? Yeah. Yeah. It was worth it. Um, That's
0: not a horse you want to get off of. We'll put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You understand multiple reasons why he, uh, Left side, to uh, Bella Bell, Cairo Memories on the California circuit. These are the best three-year-old Phillies here. Teza Ray is the one that I've been waiting to run this kind of a race. She actually uh, misses third by just a neck. So Peter Miller trainee, who was undefeated in two starts on Del Mar's turf last year when she came over for Slam Dunk Racing, um, had a, a rough uh, effort in the San Clemente, had some bad trip troubles, but this is the effort I was looking from, uh, for her. So I'm going to watch her closely. The 12 Ballet Dancing as well is one to watch for Simon Callahan. She has some dirt breeding as well in her, uh, in her family. So I'll watch what she does. But ultimately, Mike, the big question is all the best real turf Philly racing in America?
0: Well, before we get into that, this was probably one of the worst, worst beats I took this weekend. I had the 11 on top of the 2-6-12 Super.
1: Oh and the 10
0: cent super, I had five bucks on it. The ten cent super paid sixty-four dollars. I need those two to get by the five, and that thing's paying like 150 bucks for 10 cents when I had five bucks on it. So that was a really frustrating beat, let me tell you. I'm sorry. I, I like that six too, and I, I agree with you on the 12 as well. I think both of them uh, are are very good turf fillies. I, I would I wouldn't move them to the dirt. I think both of them have a very good chance uh, of winning on the turf in a stakes race here in California. You just have to find a way around Bella Bell. Um, yeah, Spenderella is the best. Two-year-old filly in the from the U.S. distance-wise, then we got to talk about with the moonlight a little bit because if with the moonlight is going a mile and a quarter, a mile and an eighth, and she is getting to face multiple horses and doesn't have this tetris setup that she had to face at Saratoga, right? I think she is as good as Spenderella, and so like I, I wouldn't just say, okay, I want to be captured in the moment because this field was deep but not as good as the saratoga field right howdy would have been the second choice in this race maybe third choice right yeah. so i am not going to say that that Spenderella beat a better field and the distance as as was mentioned in the chat was a little bit short for with the moonlight at a mile and a 16th as well so depending on the distance i think Spenderella and with the moonlight are pretty close but i think they're they're the one two right now in america from a a philly routing perspective
1: Pretty exciting, uh, Charlie Appleby, Graham Motion, both uh, trainers who are not in the news for nefarious reasons uh, <laughs> doing well with their horses. Um, I see in the chat, uh, uh, oh, boy, Dennis is Dennis is trying to pull a Jared. wasn't impressed by Spendrell and is stirring up all sorts of shit. We're going to stay out of that one. I'll just let Dennis to keep digging his own grave. Um, speaking of people digging their own graves, Mike, nice transition. You want to get back on the Carvel bandwagon, buddy? There's still a seat for you. I, I yeah. saved your spot. I didn't give it up.
0: I felt really dumb when I had the next four crossing the finish line. Let me tell you, <laughs> that was pretty frustrating. Um, look, she oh, ran great. Right yeah, yeah, had all four of them. Uh she ran she ran really well here. I, I don't I don't feel bad for jumping off when I jumped off. I like the price is the reason I feel dumb because that was a nice price on Caravelle there. With seven to two, that's a that is a good number on that horse. I really wish I would have stayed on for just one more race and gotten that one home, but you know, here we are. Um, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I, she's she's tough because I don't want her at a short price, and now we're gonna get her back at a short price. Yeah, and like she's just not that dominant. Change of control probably had the worst trip and was the best horse in this race. Um, yeah, but man, like she did everything right, sat three wide, Ooh. got the job done. But man, that change of control trip was brutal. I just
1: saw her uh, check up again when you mentioned that. We'll go back and watch the head on and highlight that. That was that actually might have. That might have cost her the win based off of her only missing by a half length. Uh, listen, you, were, you nailed it. The, I said it on the show. I could not believe that Cara Bell was 4-1 to one on the morning line. I was like, anywhere near that, sign me up. And I got it. That was yep. the one time. That was the I one time.
0: Hope you all enjoyed it. I didn't think you are getting 4-1. to one. I mean, that was one of my main reasons when we talked about it. And, and I thought she was in trouble right here. And, again, she kind of rebreaks away from the pack here. Uh, is the, the 8 can't make a move. The 7 can't get by on legal smile. I had the 7-8 exact, and I'm like, oh, this is great. And now you see the 1 rolling late. I mean, change of yeah. control was the best horse in this race don't get me wrong like oh, if yeah. you go back and you watch this trip and you focus on the one she had a boatload of problems i think she had to check like three times during that race so i, I i'm interested in change of control out of that one at the right number caravel to me is again it has to be the right price i'm not sure i'm gonna get the right price on caravel for a couple more races now unless she you know somehow faces a wild field or goes against <clears> the boys <throat> Then
1: that's I was just gonna say that that you take a shot against her as soon as she goes back up against the boys. That's been her Achilles heel, and you respect that they are aggressive with her throughout her career. Um, They're very limited options for turf sprinters, especially when it comes to Grade One races. So she'd have to go to the boys a lot. But uh, for example, Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint, don't want anything to do with her. Then I think she'll get she'll be in a lot of trouble that day. But. We'll see what happens. Uh, speaking of horses, we will see probably at the Breeders' Cup, Nest wins the Alabama by four and a quarter lengths. Easy as she does it here. Uh, Secret Oath runs second once again. Uh, you got to watch this live and react to it. So uh, what did you think about the race?
0: So another one where uh, the second best horse ran her a race and got dusted by the best horse right i mean nest absolutely phenomenal here again the pace was a little bit slow but she didn't break very well she sat right outside the speed and when she was asked man she just took off and and secret oath got a good trip here if you watch where secret oath the seven horse is she tucks out two off the rail there's enough pace here where you know where nest is not able to just be really comfortable up front you can see she's going to be three wide into this first turn like to me this is one where secret oath fired a shot and it wasn't good enough. And nest is, is clearly the best three-year-old Philly. If there was any question going into this race, there is none coming out of it. Um, and now the question is, is she the best Philly period in the country? And there's the, the people like, is she going to the classic? No, she's not going to classic. Okay. Let's just get that. Let's get that one out she's of our way. Three. Right. Now. Yeah. She's we're not doing three.
1: That. Calm down.
0: Yeah. We're not doing that. So yeah, I, I'm guessed I like the question now is, is she the favorite in the distaff? staff? And I, Probably right now she is.
1: Well, at least until we see uh, the personal ensign and we see what else happens. Um, I was, I can't stop laughing because Dennis was, the dis- he was disagreeing with other people in the chat about Spendrilla. And one of his arguments was that she just had a, a ideal trip. So Curtis said when Ness comes up, let me guess, Dennis didn't find this impressive because <laughs> Ness got a good trip too.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't believe this exactly came back for $4. That to me was wild. Like, whoa. Yeah, this is a four dollar exacta. That was way overlay it's like because gerrymander. Okay, fine, but I was never a gerrymander fan in this spot. Like clearly the first best horse, and clearly the second best horse in my mind, and it paid four bucks to come back. I mean, that's think about how many four to one shots you were that confident in. If you loved Nest at one to five, this exacta paying four to one was crazy.
1: And Nick says that even for the super Nest over Secret Oath over uh, two long shots and got us a fire and scratch cat. Super paid surprisingly well as well. Uh, Goddess of Fire, really good effort from her. Uh, nowhere close to uh, the top two, but consider they're going a mile and a quarter, and she's the younger sister of Mind Control who poops his pants after a mile. I thought that was pretty impressive effort from her. I think her cutting back to wherever she will be will be very sharp from this race.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a great effort, too. Um, it was nice. You know, Pletcher had, had two in here. Goddess of Fire was the other one, obviously, and you could see why. She ran well. I mean, this is grade one type. I got out past Secret Oath. Yeah, this is Grade One type for, for for Goddess of Fire now, and she was, you know, the horse that was running behind o, Kathleen O down in Florida. So uh, this is a great effort for her. We'll see what she does next. I wouldn't be shocked if they try her two turns again, but they put her, they move her away from Nest. I mean, if you avoid Nest and Secret Oath, Goddess of Fire could be the best horse in a lot of these these you know, hundred k, two hundred k, three hundred k Mid America stakes races.
1: Oh yeah, you can still make a lot of money with her, and they've already made three hundred twenty thousand. Uh, a great effort from her. Ninety-nine buyer for Nest. It doesn't live up to the one hundred four from the CCA Oaks, but you know whatever. It's I, the fact they didn't make that a hundred. Like for that effort, that's just a dick move, Andy. Beyer. A
0: dick Come move. Come on, Dude, stop, stop allowing your, you know, your your numbers that are <laughs> mathematically figured out to not give her a hundred there. And I I gotta agree with Curtis here, by the way. As someone who backed Nest in the Oaks, it gets more and more frustrating. Every single race, she didn't win that damn thing.
1: (laughs) Okay, so that's how I feel about Epicenter in the Kentucky Derby as well. Yes, we can lament both of those. Although I will say at least the the horse that beat Nest, uh, you know, was a good horse that did that. So, uh, all right, one more race. Go ahead.
0: Nest got a bad trip in that spot too. Frustrating.
1: She did. I Actually, I rewatched the Belmont Derby stretch run when doing the previews and stuff. She had a bad trip in that end. I don't know if she would have beat Mo Donegal, but that would have been, you would have had a couple of R's right there at the wire, man. That, if she had broken through inside instead of having to tap on the brakes.
0: Yeah, as someone who bet Mo Donegal in that race and bet her in the Oaks, if she had won the Belmont, I would have been pissed. I would like, because I faded Mo Donegal every stretch of the way, everywhere I could, until the Belmont, where I'm like, now you bet him. And if she had been the one that knocked him off, I would not have been a happy camper.
1: A- answer your credit, you had been all season saying Belmont, 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 of course. <laughs> so, uh, that works out, uh, do we need to know this last one's a 35 K and too well, we didn't hit it. Um, let's see. I saw the pick five paid $410, 50 cents for, for 50 cents, considering you had nest, get home there. You had echo again, get home there. You had Caravel at, you know, four to one, almost seven to two there. It's pretty good there really weren't any crazy prices here you know howdy paid 1340 that was the only double digit uh payout for the sequence so i th- you know all things considered pretty good there mike
0: yeah and howdy was really the tough one to get to because i like aaron and i were talking about this i would have had to go five deep that would have been the last brown on the ticket for me <laughs> um and so <laughs> i would have had to go five or six there and to get to that horse and that would have been the one in my mind that was a struggle the one gets home. I mean, then we're all of a sudden we're talking about pressing through the sequence galore, right? Because of who, who ended up winning. And then you could actually make some money on it.
1: Uh, I was going to say, I want to do a quick shout out while I pull up the next thing here. Um, Taxi Dave on uh, on Twitter. Uh, he's sometimes in the chat, too. Uh, he met, ran into him at, uh, at Del Mar because on Saturday I was the uh, John Lee's him come down. I'd be the guest Simulcast host, which was awesome. Thanks again to John for that. Um Everybody who reached out and said that they watched and bet that's why we did that. So, uh, but I ran into Taxi Dave and, and he was uh, had a lot of praise for us. But it's always great when we can run into people at the track. You've been at the track a lot more often than I have recently. So, you're, you know, it's happened a lot more recently to you. So, when it happened to me, it was pretty great. So,
0: yeah, it's a excited player. by that. It's great to see people come up and, and introduce themselves. I mean, I, we've had we've had I, Sylvain Drew down from, from Toronto to come see Aaron and I at Saratoga. It was awesome to meet him there. There's a, just a bunch of people that would come up and say hello, say they love the podcast. We talk about the races, talk about who we like. It's just, it's so much fun, especially for someone like, you know, right now I'm in I'm in North Carolina. No one wants to talk about horses with me here. So it's a lot of fun when you're at the racetrack <laughs> when people actually want to talk about horses to be able to talk about horses. So it's, it's great to kind of meet people and, and, and get the words of encouragement. People are enjoying the show. And real quick on that note, Nick, who we hung out with at Keeneland, uh, he's alive here to do nine for 15,000 at Colonial. So let's go nine, 24 to one on the board. Also has the five and the one who are the two favorites. So let's get this nine home. If not, let's hope the five or the one win by open lengths uh keep me updated on
1: that i don't have it picked up but i did we got see 10 that minutes answer. i'm
0: flipping i'm flipping back and oh. forth between that and in indiana grand
1: oh okay we got time uh i do jason uh mentions in the chat he says before i forget thanks for the plate preview with jd fox thanks to jd fox who uh, came in and guessed handicapped uh he is a woodbine betting expert i wasn't bullshitting when i called him that in the preview and everything uh but jason says i was on the 11 a different horse um a cause in mayhem the todd fletcher horse until JD said to absolutely toss him. So I went harder on the exact and try great moves because cause and mayhem finished second to last in the field of 11 and uh, Moira got the win. Let's pull up the replay. I don't have it. There we go. Uh, We'll talk about the Queens plate here. Uh, We don't usually talk about the uh, woodbine that often. Uh, It's a lot of fun for me for air. We like to follow it. Queens plate. This is, if you don't know, it's restricted to three-year-old Ontario breads and Phillies enter this a lot more often because the Phillies and males are, they're a lot closer and, talent usually in canada um this is actually she becomes the 38th philly to win this race and it's been running for 163 four years something like that and uh, all she did here mike was set a track record
0: (laughs) yeah and like the five pound weight advantage makes a difference people who don't believe in weight differences are crazy like this is one of those examples i'm not saying she wouldn't have won with extra five pounds because she's a phenomenal philly but that the stat that you gave out the fact that she gets to carry five pounds less than the boys here going this long this early in their career does make a significant difference um yeah it's a great race man i, I love the fact that, that you consistently get big fields and you get good betting races in here uh you we've got jason here saying i don't understand how she went off a nine to five i don't either she was a standout on paper i was shocked the money that was coming i believe she wasn't six. even the favorite no no the six to six went off as favoritism there uh Rundour, pratt was aboard for katrina Veseliva, um and I, like okay i get it but Won the the plate trial, like basically
1: won the male prep for this, where she won the female prep. And if you watch the two of them side by side, which horse do you want to bet? Like, I don't care who they were facing. Which one of those two do you want to bet?
0: Yeah, I mean, like she went a mile and eighth, he went a mile on sixteenth, and she seemed to really enjoy the extra distance. Like I, to me, I was I was surprised. I was in tournaments this weekend. This was one of those races, so I, I played this one. I actually have a stable up horse out of this. We'll talk about it in one minute here. Um, this is also another good example. We talked about this last week. We uh, we hit it at thirty eight one to one exacta. The one in the ten ran first and second in the prep for this. If you just put her over the one in the ten, you hit the try and hit paid Like so, a lot of times if you look for horses that ran together, you can find a way. To figure out okay, how can I get some buck here? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And it, it was a one in the ten that finished two lengths apart. It, it wasn't hard to get to one if you're getting if you get into to one, you should be able to get to both. And then the try actually pays out pretty well here. But she was phenomenal, man. This is one where she just put him away around the turn and never even I mean, really asked there. Look at him celebrating at the, the 16th bull.
1: Exactly. So off the turn, I'll show you the point. I was watching uh, I think, yeah, Colson was taking a nap, I think, and we were sitting in the living room just hanging out, and I had this on, specifically, I, I turned on just to watch this, and I'll tell you the point where I is—I is, was, like, interrupted her important work that she was doing, I was like, you've got to watch what is happening live, it was right, right as she gets past this group of horses, like, nothing, it was like, stop what you're doing, it was right here, I was like, watch what she's doing, stop, 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 watch this filly. and just, like, at this point, you think maybe she's out of it, I'm like, no, she's gonna, she's gonna destroy this field.
0: Oh, they went They went quick, too. I mean, sub-24, sub-47, sub-112. But the way that she engulfed those top two there, and the fact that, like, look at the one horse, who is going to end up running second here, doesn't make time. up any ground. Like, he's just kind of, he's moving better than everybody else, but he's not making up ground on her, especially when she's being asked to go. So uh, really, really impressive here from uh, The it's, Sky is the limit. I'm interested to see where she goes after this, because I would love to see if her end up at the Breeders' Cup.
1: So I will tell you the plan uh, for uh, from talking to JD Fox that, first of all, uh, I think I mentioned we brought it up in the preview, but going into this race, uh, there were uh, some very smart people at Woodbine who felt she was going to win the Canadian Triple Crown. She wasn't even that's like justify uh, being, you know, thinking he might win the Triple Crown. And he was the second choice in the Kentucky Derby to I, I don't know who the hell was even in his race that finished like eighth, like Practical joke. We'll just pick, out a, we'll pick on him. We'll say practical joke was worse? So, like, it, come on. Nice this, is, this is ridiculous. Uh, that might be the wrong year. Anyways, uh, yeah. listen. Anyways, the point is, uh, Canadian Triple Crown, the next step, uh, they go to Fort Erie, and she's going to have to try the dirt. They go, I believe, the Preakness Distance, three 316th, on the dirt at Fort Erie. Um, that's next month. That race... Uh, it usually you don't see that many horses show up for it. They usually will stick around and wait for the third leg, which comes back to Woodbine and they go a mile and a half on the outer turf course. So a very different style of triple crown. Like you've got to be three surface talented to do it. And that's why we saw mighty heart, you know, try to do it and come very close. And then that third leg, that turf going a mile and a half, it did boof. It's like, it's like saying, all right, do the Derby, the Preakness. Now do the Belmont on turf. Everybody's going to go, Fuck no.
0: well, do the Derby on synth. Do the Preakness on dirt and do the Belmont on turf. I mean, that's just there. You go changing different distances and surfaces every single time. It creates you know if, if you think it's hard to just switch the distances up in America, imagine that. Now they, there is more time between races, which obviously there's a whole debate about this year about whether or not these races are too soon, too close together in the U.S. You get a month between them in Canada, which obviously helps out. But again, I want to see her come south, come come down to the Breeders' Cup. Come on, take on some of the some of the girls down here.
1: That's the plan. Eventually, they want to go. I think it's going to go Triple Crown and then Breeders. I would be filling their turf. I think is what they're probably going to aim for with her. I don't think they'd go distaff with her.
0: You no, know, she's a turf horse too, which is the crazy part about this. Like, she's going to she's better on turf than dirt. Now synthetic, obviously, I'd take more over turf. But uh, what was your what was your Justify question? Who ran second to him in the Derby? No, I who
1: was like way behind him in the Derby because Rondra no. wasn't close to Moira. That was kind of the point I was trying to draw. I mean,
0: Audible. That was that class. He was um, third. Good magic was saying it really doesn't
1: matter. It, it was it was it was a dumb thing to say. Let's go back and focus here. Like Nick said, he <laughs> hit the dollar try, cost him six dollars using the horses. Yeah, the one ten and the six. It was the favorite, and it paid very well because the six fell out of there. So, all right, can uh, we talk. That's pretty. Can we, can yeah, we talk
0: about my stable and up horse. Someone mentioned him in the chat here. This one. Yeah, the Mingster. This is this is a classic example. Oh, the Mingster. About- we talk about the four horse, every a horse like the four horse, the Minster, every single year on the Derby Trail. This horse is better at seven furlongs. This horse is better at one turn. This horse ran its eyeballs out at a mile and eighth, ends up finishing third to last. When you cut this horse back, the Minster is going to be a very, 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 very good horse. Play this horse on the cutback, and hopefully the first time it cuts back, you get a decent price. So I stabled up the four of the Minster out of this. I want the four on a cutback. Seven furlongs, six furlongs, maybe even the one-turn mile, things like that. All would be very, very, very good for this horse. This was just way too long. It didn't even want the lead. That's the thing. Like you can see, he's trying to get him to slow down up there. Um, yeah. If you go back, if you go back to the PPS, I mean, look, like this horse wins at six and a half furlongs, does win at a mile and an eighth last year, comes back, debuts at seven and is dominant, running an eighty nine buyer, then he runs in that queen, Queen's Plate trial that uh, that uh, Sir for Sure and Hall of Dreams both came out of, <laughs> was a dollar eighty cent favorite and press the pace and then quit off it at a mile and an eighth. The horse doesn't want, doesn't want this distance. So the mixture on the cutback definitely stable that one up.
1: My boy, Jack was the second choice. That's right. That was that when that happened. Uh, that's a great point. And you know what's weird too, that you're saying do the cutback because the mixture is a son of English channel. Usually you don't say cut back unless it's like, listen, don't have them run from Saratoga to Gulfstream. cut back a little bit in distance on that.
0: Well, maybe you, maybe you can stretch back out when you're older, but at three, this horse clearly wants to be sprinting, right? And maybe you want to be turf sprinting with this horse because I think again, English Channel, you usually is turf better than synthetic uh, with English Channel horses, and and maybe this one's also one where it gets older, it's going to get stronger and stronger because you see English channels yeah. hit their stride at five usually.
1: That's true. And also remember with Woodbine, the the synthetic course or the, um, especially with the outer turf course being on the outside of that, they can go a mile and a 16th, a mile and an eighth with one turn. So, you know, he has, he can use that English channel kind of distance a little bit, if you know, to handle that, but it's still one turn where his sprinty side seems to kind of come from. Um, It was a great, we'll keep following her. Uh, Nick says, put her on grass and don't mess with dirt. The problem is they want that Canadian triple crown. They have to mess with dirt if they want to do that. And that's the goal for her. So um, we'll keep following more you can bet the Prince of Wales stakes, which is September 13th. We'll have a preview for that. Mike, do you want to volunteer for that or would you like to volunteer Aaron for that preview?
0: Oh, Aaron can do that one.
1: Or maybe JD. I'll see if JD wants to, actually. JD did a great job. Uh not only that, but JD giving out the uh the exact intry as well. So
0: I mean he he is the most knowledgeable woodbine person we know. So I I don't I don't hate that idea. Sorry to Dan yeah. who proved my, if he's watching the show, maybe take felt that as a shot against him. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's all right. Uh Mike, the Travers Stakes is this Saturday. The we don't know if the draw is Tuesday or Wednesday. There's still some conversation trying to figure out what the hell the answer is for that. But, uh, you can bet we're ready at RacingDudes.com. Looking ahead right now, it looks like a field of eight. Charge unfortunately, is probably gonna. He is going to have to miss it with a foot abscess. But looks like Pennsylvania Derby for him, so minor injury, minor setback. Uh, who is your top pick for the Travers Stakes looking ahead right now?
0: Man, I'm like, look, okay. From in my mind, it's two horses right now that I'm between. Epicenter looked phenomenal. It's really hard to pick against Epicenter. I really don't love the Epicenter price. I'm concerned it's going to be significantly lower than what I am looking for. I kind of like Arturis. I keep watching the, I keep watching the curling, and I keep watching this horse romp and the move that he makes around the turn and how loaded that horse was. Um, I think I'm going to like the price on Arturis a lot better than Epicenter. And, and like if it gets close and you make that face epicenter is gonna be three to five man like i'm not gonna face <laughs> like if, if epicenter goes off at three to five and i'm getting tourists at four to one i know which one i would bet to win and i know which one i'd rather press through in a pick four or pick three especially if you're you're chalking out a little bit earlier so for me the best horse in the race your most likely winner is epicenter the horse i would probably rather bet and this is price dependent obviously is tourist.
1: That's interesting. I, you know, I don't hate a uh, my my topics can be epicenter. Shouldn't be any surprise to anybody. But for me, that a back wheeled exacta with you know, I might play epicenter to win and then put like Artorias on top and epicenter in second. One thing that I learned at Del Mar this past uh, weekend when I was there, I'm really good at picking horses that hit the board. <laughs> Uh, I think six of my six of my top picks uh, finished second in the second or third at Del Mar. Yeah. Second at Del Mar over the the weekend. So uh, I played. I did your show parlay this when I realized what was happening. The second half of the card, I turned into show parlay and actually, then I started making all my money back. But uh, the point being, I I had somebody, uh, Bob, like another handicapper kind of explain, like if you had just taken some of your picks and just back wheeled a little bit with some of your other ones that you liked that, that ended up knocking you out, You do that with your as it pays out pretty well. So, you know, that to me, this feels like a spot where Epicenter gets snake-bitten, you know, loses the Derby when he shouldn't have, loses the LeCompte when he shouldn't have. Traverse is, you know, it's the race that American Pharoah lost. Saratoga's the graveyard of champions. If he loses, I mean, there's there's some horses here that could do it. And it wouldn't really be that shocking.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have, uh, you know, Slim, obviously you're mentioning early voting in the chat. Early voting uh, beat Epicenter in the Preakness. What early voting we get, I think, is a key to this race. If it's that 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 really, really good looking early voting that we saw at the Preakness versus the sweaty, just just ugh, not nearly as strong early voting we got in the Jim Dandy, you could tell in the paddock early voting was not winning that race. Um, that's going to be the key, and the fact that Brown brought him back so quickly and said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna run him back in here," tells you that that Brown believes the horse is is ready to go and ready to roll, and and we'll see what happens here. Um, with, with the horse and how it looks in the paddock. Make sure, we're going to have a live show on Saturday. Aaron and Jared will be in the paddock for the Travers. You're going to be able to get that type of information if you join us right here to watch the lead-up to and the Travers. We won't have the races live, but we'll be talking through them, talking handicapping strategies, and obviously talking to some guys at the track so we can get uh, get an idea of how these horses look in the paddock.
1: Yeah, if you a, be a Racing Dudes live show. And it, uh, if you were here for the uh, the last tournament show, uh, so two weeks ago, um, Aaron was at Saratoga and started uh, reporting live during the stream and was getting dabs from as many people as he could. That turned into the biggest hit we've ever had uh, since Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. So uh, we're going to have that again. It's a lot of fun. Tune in for that. Mike and I will be holding down the fort here while Aaron, Jared and Slim are live at the Traverse. Uh, Slim says he's not going to be in the F paddock. He says, how dare you?
0: I didn't say I said Aaron and Jared. Slim will be wandering around in, in, I believe, an outfit. I'm not positive about that, but I believe there may be an outfit on the table here.
1: Slim Slim will be in a cloud, and nobody will be able to breach into it. It'll just be Slim's cloud that just kind of moves and hovers around Saratoga the whole day. And you just got to chase him with your phone and try and capture it on. That'll be... Uh, (laughs) that'll be what happened. But anyways, it's a lot of fun. Like Mike said, we talk about, it's basically like having a simulcast show, except you don't have to listen to the blowhards at Naira. So we're here to have fun and, and, you know, we drink and uh, crack jokes and make fun of each other. It's just overall a lot of fun. So we'd love it. If you can tune in for that one, Um, we'll be doing that on Traverse Day.
0: And we will have a tournament on Friday as well. Magic mentioned the one two weeks ago. We got another Racing Dudes tournament. So if you're a subscriber on the site, click onto your dashboard. You can go over to the tournament challenge and join in the tournament for ten dollars this Friday. You can join uh facing off against the dudes. We'll add $150 in site credit there as well to the subscriber that has the highest total. And of course, we'll do a live show as well. So we'll be uh Magic and I will be here live Thursday for the Magic Mike show covering the late pick five from Saratoga. We'll be here. Live Friday covering the last couple races at Saratoga in the tournament and live Saturday covering the card from Saratoga. So you're going to get sick of us if you want to learn or want to want to cover Saratoga this weekend.
1: You never get sick of us. Absolutely not. No.
0: Us? (laughs) Never. No, that'd be fun. No, it's
1: gonna be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for what uh, we have planned for everybody. Traverse week is coming, and if you haven't seen down below, we have the Travers Takes inside track wagering guide is available for pre-sale. Stupid Pampers commercials. Hey, guess what kind of brand diapers we buy in this household? So, there you go.
0: <laughs> I always love uh, when people pull these things up, and you get to see what their what all their ads are.
1: <laughs> I don't. Some of it, I'm like, I don't understand because I try and turn off all the tracking. So sometimes it's random, but the. Uh... Pampers diapers, that was not random. But anyways, hey, Travers Guide is going to be, it's available for pre-sale right now if you are a Racing Dudes premium subscriber to either the Summo Bombs, the Premium Products, the, the Rockets, any of the all of the above. Uh, you get that included. If not, it's going to be $39.99. It's going to include top four consensus from all of the handicappers. So myself, Mike, Aaron, Jared, Papa Dude, uh, Dr. Miranda, I believe, might be contributing. I don't know if Slim is contributing or not. Um, I'm not going to guess because if, apparently when we guess what Slim's doing, we're always wrong. So I'm just yeah. going to say look for what Slim says in the chat in about eight seven six i'm
0: scared go ahead yeah uh, slim will be reporting afternoons. So lot we'll have live shots of the track from slim see this is gonna be interesting we're gonna have to rotate through aaron jared and slim as we go through this so we don't have all three of them just talking over each other on the live feed
1: oh boy <laughs> tune in saturday see what happens that's always a it's gonna be a lot of fun uh, like I mentioned, make sure you bring something to drink. And yes, again, the tourney on Friday, um, if you're, a race, you're just going to need to be a racing dude subscriber. So if you want to get that wagering guide and you want to play in the tournament, just become a subscriber. You're going to get invited to both of those. Uh, this is $10 to enter. It's $150 in horsetourneys.com site credit to the winner. Uh, the top three playing for cash prizes. Dr. Tang has cashed out before. Mike's cashed out before. I've cashed out before. Uh, Jared always gets really close to winning and never actually gets it done. So tune in. See what happens. But even if you're not a tournament player, go ahead.
0: Yeah, if you want to game the system, right? We do this every two weeks. If you sign up on Friday as a subscriber, you can enter the tournament on Friday, enter the tournament two Fridays later, enter the tournament five Fridays after that because it would all be within a month, and get the guide boom, up. and then
1: you can just cancel it. There you go for your thirty right. days. Now we don't want to encourage you to cancel it because by that point you'll be having yeah. too much fun and you won't want to cancel. Uh but we have had several people who have joined and just because they want to take part in the tournament and they've stayed because the picture are that great. So right. um so, yeah, come join us, please. It's a lot of fun.
0: And if you've never done tournaments, it's a great way to get involved, too. I obviously love tournaments. I love the tournament circuit. I like playing the win-place ones. I like playing the live bankrolls. Horse trainings allows you to qualify for all the major events. And we use the same races that they use for their qualifying tournaments on Friday. So you can see how you stack up to try and get into NHC, try and get into BCBC, the $15,000 cash tournament, try and get into the Kentucky Downs tournament, which is a phenomenal one to play. It's six days, and they take crown a champion of the meet. Um, it's three two-day tournaments you can qualify for it by winning one single tournament on horse so if you haven't tried them out it's a great way for 10 bucks to get involved in tournaments and have a nice little 150 bucks sitting there as well
1: like well, jason jason echoes my thoughts these tournaments are a good time even if i'm really bad i'm usually either really good or at the very bottom with dr tank so magic's either rooting
0: happens. for himself or rooting against jared that's pretty much what's happening <laughs>
1: I don't see how those have to be separate. They, they can be together. In <laughs> the fact, they usually are. No, it's a lot of fun. So tune in, even if you don't, uh, if you're not a tournament player, maybe you're curious, or you just want to have some fun Friday afternoon or evening. Join us. Uh, the YouTube show is free. It's live. It's about an hour long, and we handicap the races that are ending at Saratoga. So, you know, Aaron and Jared will be there. Mike and I will be going through the races, and you know, if, maybe we can put together a late double for that. So, uh, hey, Marla says she subscribed. No, I'm not sure what to do next. I'm a degenerate too. We love Marla. Marla, we'll help you out. Don't worry. We'll get you taken care of.
0: <laughs> uh, and, and Francis brings up a point here. I, I'm excited to see Cyberknife here. I was I was not as high on Cyberknife in the Haskell. I had the horse sitting. Like, I thought it was a logical second or third choice with White Barrio. I liked Table a lot. I did not like Jack Christopher very much in that spot. Um, I wish I was higher on Cyberknife because of what that exact paid. I'm really interested to see Cyberknife come back against this field because I, I'm trying to figure out where, where Taba fits with these horses, right? And I think having Cyberknife now running that in the, the Travers after running the Haskell will give us a little bit better of an idea before we get to Kentucky And the next time, we, we will most likely see Taba face anyone in this field.
1: Yeah, a curious thing about Cyberknife, the Jim Dandy, the last place horse was not Tawny Port. Tawny Port finished a very good third in the Jim Dandy. He's not in the Travers discussion. Brad Cox trains both of those. He won the Haskell. He saw Tawnyport take a shot. You think he doesn't Cyberknife went to the Haskell after a different horse won the prep at Mammoth, and that horse didn't show up. Like Cox is very confident in this horse. I'm with you. I think, you know, maybe a small little back wheel exacta uh, Artorias, Artorius and Cyberknife over Epicenter.
0: Yeah. It I, really could
1: happen. Yeah.
0: I, I don't like back wheel exactus, so I'm not going to get too much into it because I feel like you're devaluing your own picks. But what we don't like, don't back wheel the favorite in second. Back wheel like a fifth. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. In second. Like there, there are ways to use the back wheel effectively. It's meant to be nine. like long shots. Yeah. Don't, don't be back wheeling three to five shots in second. That's not a great idea. I realize it's like, it's basically like a saver bet. But if you're betting a saver bet, What's the freaking point? Just lose the ten dollars. Don't try and win your twelve back. Like, come on, it'll all work out in the end. And Dr. Tang, you haven't debunked the burger sandwich theory. Your only argument is that it's not on the menu under the same section. And I literally Googled menus where it was listed as a sandwich. So you've got nothing. You've got zero arguments in this debate.
1: What have we done? What have we done here? <laughs> Let's get out of here before we cause any more other troubles. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't yet and you're watching us on YouTube, please like the video, subscribe to racingdudes.com and youtube.com slash racingdudes. Like I mentioned, we've got a lot more videos coming out this week. Uh, so we got a lot more
0: work to do. So I'm going to keep going on that one. Uh,
1: Mike, any final thoughts before
0: we get out of here, buddy? Yeah, I got to give a shout out to you. To you, my man, Magic. The man who went 2-0. And won 2.75 units this week on dudes to Bet Daily betting Canadian football. That man right over here was undefeated picking Canadian football this week. As a show, we went 13, 14 and 5, 13 and 5, something like that, up something over 10 good. units. We're gonna switch over to dollars. So in we're playing for $100 units essentially. The show was up over a thousand bucks last weekend. It's now up over $2,500 in six weeks. That's every Wednesday uh, through Sunday at noon Eastern. We give out our best bets from the, fo- uh, from the sports. And the racing world, so we're covering Del Mar, Saratoga, and we're actually prepping every graded stakes at Del Mar and Saratoga as well. So it's a great, uh, great opportunity to come join us at noon for a quick little hitter. The shows are about fifteen to twenty-five minutes, giving out the best bets from the racetracks and from the sports world. Uh, phenomenal start to the show. We started doing this uh, the first week in July, and we're up about twenty-five units uh, through six weeks. So pretty damn good.
1: It's It's been incredible, uh, especially we did have a rough start. Oh, if you go back and check that the first, like Aaron said it was like the first two, three weeks, we really had to feel it out. We didn't really quite know what we were doing. I started honestly doing the CFL as a gimmick. And then I started actually, That I, I wasn't good at it the first couple of times where I felt like my handicapping was correct and needed some luck. And yeah, since then it's five and one I've been on a run. So yeah, pretty good with the CFL, including not just, uh, you know, using the spread. We did have the plus 175 upset.
0: Yep. And the last three weeks we've gone 14 and six up 10.1 units, eight and eight up 1.2 units and 12 and five up 10.05 units. So nice little run one right now through three weeks. Papa Doo crushed it on the baseball side. Uh, if we a the moonlight got home, we'd be up 15 units for the week. That would have been phenomenal as well. So it was, it was a very, very good week. Make sure we're having a lot of fun with the show too. So make sure you come check out the show. You can have a bunch of fun in there and comment with your best bets and just don't be like doc and make bad arguments. Just, just come with information. If you're going to come at us.
1: <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, again, subscribe to YouTube.com/slash/racingnews. Hit the little notification bell so you get alerted whenever we go live or post videos. And the bell's gonna be happening a lot. But that's because we got some good stuff coming. Uh, hey, before we leave, Jets Falcons tonight. Any thoughts, Mister Degenerate?
0: I just took some Jets first half. It got up to three, so I decided it was time to jump jump aboard. I was looking at possibly playing the Falcons first half because it was Falcons minus three for the game, minus zero for the first half. They just shifted over to Falcons minus four for the game, uh, Jets plus three for the first half. I, I like the Jets in the first half. I will take Flacco and White. Over Ritter, who's a starter of who's a rookie quarterback out of Cincinnati. So give me the, the two veteran quarterbacks who are fighting for a backup position, especially now that you have Zach Wilson out for a couple weeks. This is actually for the s- starter position of their of their lineup. You're gonna see them both play in the first half. They should the two of them should play the first half. I like the quarterback matchup for the Jets here against the Falcons tonight.
1: Well, I mean, not only that, but you got to remember these guys that sometimes they're fighting for a job. It might not be with this team, but it's like if, if they both perform well. One of them's gonna might probably get a job or get picked up somewhere else. Injuries happen, those quarterbacks are needed.
0: The other interesting thing is that coming out of Jets camp, you already had Zach Wilson slander before he got hurt. They already started to talk about how they like the way Flacco threw the ball better. I think some of these receivers may actually prefer Flacco against Zach Wilson. And Flacco, again, against the third stringers, yeah, he's old. Yeah, he's not that good anymore. If he's playing starters, I want no piece of him. But when he's playing second and third stringers, he's one of the best players out there on the field. So I think the Jets have an edge. I don't think they should be they should be catching three points in the first half. So excuse me, Jets plus three first half, not going to touch the full game because, man, it gets sloppy after they get those quarterbacks out of there.
1: Dr. Tang, I know you're busy curing cancer. He is at camp today. He wants the, the, to know where Tom Brady's at. Tom Brady's at camp.
0: This this. I think is correct. If you want to go Probably. on a Reddit rabbit hole, there is a, rabbit, a Reddit about how Tom Brady is actually on The Masked Singer. And you, you laugh. When Joe Buck signed with Fox, he was on The Masked Singer. And they actually had, because they wanted to promote him on The Fox Show, Brady signed a contract while he was retired to be on Fox's 10-year play-by-play guy as soon as he retires. Part of that contract apparently had the stipulation that he had to do The Masked Singer. And when you look at the dates for the third set of people it is exactly the dates he missed would be when the Masked Singer was filming. There's a really good Reddit thread with all of the different data points. If you want to want to get dive into it, I'll actually I'll post it on Twitter if anyone wants to check it out. Uh, but so check it out. I'll, I'll throw it up there. But it is a really funny thread, and the, the guy did some super sleuthing to figure it out.
1: Oh boy, poor Tom Brady can't even live a life. Can't even go on Masked Singer without people figuring it out.
0: That's... I wonder. You know I wonder if that breaches his contract because you're not supposed to know who's on the mass singer and if everyone figured it out wouldn't fox be pissed
1: well i, I from what i understand the first singer the first season mass singer people figured out a lot of them pretty easily like i guess it wasn't that hard to figure out and the judges are forced to play stupid for the show oh,
0: okay i've never watched the show but i guess you can yeah. like you can apply to go to live viewings of it to recordings yeah and that's how people figured out what the dates were for each of the sets groups of the mass singer Because there were three Uh, sets of dates, and this specific mm -hmm. third set is exactly the dates he missed training camp. And it would have ended yesterday, the twenty first. And voila, Tom Brady's back on the twenty second. And it's
1: working, Chris says everyone watch the show, see if he's actually on. Dr. Tane believes it. Yeah, Marla with the Reddit left. Yeah. It could happen. Listen, uh, when it happens, let us know. We're not going to be there to find out. We'll, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be back on Wednesday at noon Eastern for the first of five straight due to, uh, blah, 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 due to Pet Daily in bidets is almost what I said. Due to Pet Daily. Uh, speaking of that, due to bet Sports will be live in one hour at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 Eastern. So tune in for that one for Papa Aaron's thoughts uh make sure you follow us on twitter i'm at chris keller he is at some about me team number one number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes any final thoughts mr samich
0: uh j-e-t-s jess jess jets. let's get that first half home <laughs> there you go until
1: wednesday when we're back for dudes who bet daily i'm magic
0: and i'm mike
1: good luck this week